Hi, and welcome to episode one of the TST Travel Podcast. My name is Harley Tyndall, and I'll be your host. Uh, this podcast will be all about our world trip. So myself and my girlfriend, Kirsten, are headed off on a world trip for as long as our money uh, will last us. So this is episode one of uh, of the podcast, which will be a little bit about myself and Kirsten, a little bit about where we've been so far and, and what got us into traveling so far. So this uh, podcast will take you through, we'll start off in the, the U.S., um, and then we'll be traveling through Canada up to Alaska, uh, then back down through the U.S., through Central South America. Our plan is to head over to Europe, uh, do the U.K., Europe, Africa, and then come home to Australia through Asia. So thanks for listening and uh, hope you enjoy. So a little bit about our plan. So we're planning, Kirsten and I are planning to road trip around the U.S. for around uh, sort of six to eight months. Uh, and then from there go through Central and South America. Uh, so the first little bit of our, our plan, uh, yeah, we'll be starting in LA, of course, flying in from Australia, uh, driving across to Las Vegas, and then we'll be linking up with some friends in the Midwest and heading down to uh, the lakes of the Ozark for a bit of party time. Um, so a little bit about uh, where we come from and what uh, what makes us want to travel. I uh, I grew up traveling around from a long time, uh, from a young age, and never sort of really knew any different. I grew up uh, in, I started growing up in central Victoria uh, in the south of Australia and then uh, moved up to Queensland throughout the uh, start of my younger life through primary school or elementary school. And then um, we ended up actually moving over to England and that's where I, I think we probably, or I caught my travel bug from initially. Uh, when we lived in England, we used the advantage of being a lot closer to some of those European countries um, that you don't get in Australia. Sort of the only thing that you could travel to that was close was uh, the Pacific Islands or, or Bali, which wasn't such a done thing back uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s. It's obviously exploded with popularity now. Uh, but, yeah, living in England was a big key to what started off our enthousi- or my enthusiasm for travel. So when we lived over in England, we um, – our first family holiday, I think we scored some very cheap Ryanair or something like that, uh, budget airline flights across to Norway. It was the middle of winter. Um, I don't have a whole heap of memories from that first trip over there. I remember standing on the top of a Viking longship. I remember it being very, very cold and very dark as we're over there in winter, of course, uh, which is something that I hadn't experienced in Australia, of course. Our seasons aren't that – they don't affect our – daylight hours as much uh, we still usually get eight to ten hours of of daylight no matter what time of year it is and for it to only be daylight for the middle couple of hours during the day there was a bit of an eye-opener for a, a young kid from Queensland I do remember a very cruel prank that uh, that my parents played on me I was walking past we walked past a big open air uh, ice skating rink where there were some young people out playing uh, ice hockey and my, I was like oh can I go out and I can I go out and play ice hockey uh with them and my dad goes yeah make sure you get a rig running uh running start to get yourself out into the middle of the ice skating rink and uh, of course I did that at no hesitation ran as fast as I could and hit the ice and I think I slid for about 30 or 40 meters uh along the ice on my back before I managed to come to a stop and then once I come to a stop uh, it was quite funny for the people watching a 
12 or 13 year old trying to stumble his way back in sneakers 50 meters on ice that he'd never walked on before but uh, that was pretty funny for everyone um so that was sort of our my only memories of going across to to norway there but uh, we did travel to a few different places when we lived in the uk we headed across to across the uh, irish sea across to dublin there and um the first time I'd ever got on a ocean-bearing ferry, and uh, that was an interesting sort of experience as well. Pretty heavy seas coming out of uh, out of the town there, and the whole family was quite uh, ill on the trip over. But we knew we were sort of not there for too long. It was an interesting trip, and I can't say that I'm a massive fan of ferries now. I've only ever been on the one. Um, but would definitely be looking at some calmer seas or maybe a bigger cruise ship next time I head out on the open water. Um, The other couple of places we travelled from, the one that I think I have the most memories from would be uh, when we travelled over to Turkey. Again, got some cheap flights, uh, and I think we only went over there for a week or two, but as a young kid, again, who'd only ever really been around the coast on Queensland or in the in the middle of the country um, in Victoria was it was an interesting sort of experience to head over to Turkey. We landed in a military airbase and there was lots of uh, very large men or what I remember to be very large men holding machine guns um, as we we came into land. We we're in the Mediterranean side of uh, Turkey there and we got to the airport and something that I didn't probably fully appreciate as a kid, but it's uh, made us giggle a few times around the dinner table. Um, when we were flying in, the flight attendant came over and told us all that we'd need to have uh, 10 pounds in our passports to pay the customs fee uh, and get through customs in Turkey. Um, once we landed, we all had our 10 pounds in each of our passports and we got up to the desk and presented our passports. And the man behind the desk who spoke uh, no English sort of just looked at my, my dad and shook his head and started speaking in in Turkish and of course dad didn't understand so then he uh, pulled out the passports and opened them up to where the money was and just point the custom official just pointed at the money and then my dad sort of went oh well we don't know what we're going to have to do here this is a bit sketchy there's big no smoking signs everywhere and the two guards at the edge of the customs desk are holding machine guns and smoking cigars and um yeah, pointing at the money, pointing at the money. So my dad just had got some Turkish lira out before we left uh, England. He had, I think he had probably equivalent to seven or 800 pounds in his in his wallet. And the man behind the desk just grabbed all their passports, grabbed the money and ran away with them. And we were sort of standing there at the customs desk. Mum and dad are looking in a, a bit of a state of panic, didn't quite know what to do. He's just taken all of the spending money for our uh, week in Turkey and um, taken all four of our passports and run off with them. So we're standing there for a little while, getting a little bit antsy. And then uh, a little bit later, the man shows up with our four passports all stamped and uh, sort of waved us away. And my dad grabbed my mother and, and my sister and I, and away we went. My mum's sort of sticking around trying to argue with the customs guy about the the 700 pounds that he'd just taken out of the the old man's wallet and we were a little dad was a little bit less concerned with that and a little bit more concerned with just getting out of the airport and getting to our hotel so all's well that ended well we ended up uh 
on on the streets of Marmaris in Turkey, which is a beautiful little Mediterranean city. And we actually got there on uh, International Children's Day, which was interesting to say the least. My little sister uh, had very, very blonde hair at the time and, uh, and of course, blue eyes. Um, and we were walking down the boardwalk there near the, the beach in one of our first days in Turkey and a lady was uh, walking towards us and, of course, we didn't know the, the customs or the traditions over there and they're very friendly towards um, kids and other people's kids and this lady just picks up my, I think she would have been three or four at the time, three or four-year-old sister, much to the horror of both of our parents, just picks her up and starts stroking her hair and talking to her in Turkish and it just goes to show that there's a little bit of that cultural difference there where if someone did that in uh, in a Western country, it would probably be frowned upon now, but uh, yeah, she was just talking in Turkish, and I, I think our guide ended up telling us that she was telling her that she was very pretty and beautiful and, and all that sort of stuff. But it was a, an interesting experience nonetheless. Uh, another interesting memory that I have from uh, our time in Turkey was we were walking uh, down the street, and a lot of the vendors there will just grab you and pull you into their shops and uh, get you to have a look at what they sell and, and try to sell the, the tourists. That being uh, where we were was quite a touristy area and you're walking along and every shop you go into, you get a glass of apple tea uh, to sip on. And, uh, of course, you need to have a toilet break every couple of <laughs> stores because it goes straight through you being the apple tea. And uh, we walked into one store and the, the gentleman there was telling my dad how he had uh, a real leather, real, real leather jackets, and how if uh, if it was real leather, you could tell it was real leather because it wouldn't catch fire. Um, my dad then proceeded to try on the the leather jacket, and the fellow that was the owner of the store pulled out a large cotton bud, dipped it in some kerosene, and then lit it on fire and started whacking the jacket, saying, "See, look, real leather doesn't burn, doesn't burn. Real leather, you buy it now." Uh, so, an interesting little marketing technique, uh, smacking your customers around the jacket with a uh, with a flaming cotton wool bud but uh, nonetheless it um, seemed to work and I think he ended up coming away with that jacket just so he didn't smack him again with uh, another bit of fire so they're not shy on fire there either he um, also I remember we went into a traditional sort of Turkish barber shop and um, we were amazed to see uh, a guy getting a shave done and then again they dipped uh, a long cotton bud into a flammable some sort of flammable liquid i'm assuming it'd be something like kerosene or something like that and um dipped it in there and whacked this set it on fire and whacked this chap around the ears with it and around the nose and apparently that's to uh that's the best way to get the ear and nose hairs out so if you're uh, in turkey and you're gonna get a shave done make sure that uh, when they tip the the cotton wool bud into the kerosene that you know uh, that uh, you're about to probably get whacked around the ears with uh, with a flaming poker. So another little interesting tidbit about uh, when we were in Turkey, we were uh, walking along a boardwalk and just constantly, we're on our way um, as a family out to try and get some dinner and these vendors just kept pulling us in, pulling us in, pulling us into all their stores and uh, and trying to get us to come in and buy rugs and things like that. And I think we had maybe a one suitcase between the whole family, so we weren't going to be paying extra to, to ship a whole rug home. Uh, but you want to be polite in a, in a different country, so we entertained the first few. And then as we are walking along, we are getting hungrier and hungrier, and uh, we told the remaining vendors that we, as we walked past, we told them, no, look, look, oh, well, we're just on our way out to get dinner now. Um, when we come 
back through. We'll stop and uh, and get there and uh, and have a chat to you about your whatever you're selling your rugs or whatever it was. And um, as we were getting back, my dad, as I said, uh, I was probably about 12 or 13 at the time. My dad grabbed me and said, all right, what I want you to do is start running and no matter what I say, don't stop running until we get uh, to the end of wherever the pier was. And this was just happened to be just where all the, the shop owners and such were. And uh, I took off running and he's yelling at me saying, stop, come back here, stop running, stop running, you stop running. And I'm still running, still running. I got to the end and he goes, good job. And we, I realised at the end that we'd uh, just run past all of the uh, all of the vendors that had been hassling us on the way through. So if you have kids or you have a mate who can uh, outrun you, there's a little tip to get past a busy strip of uh, vendors. Also, another thing from our time in Turkey, we uh, got a, a car. This is long before sort of Uber or anything like that. We had a car organised for us. It was an old uh, Ford Cortina. And we were going down uh, the street and I realised that if you pulled the floor mats up, you could see down to the road beneath us. So uh, not the most high-quality car getting around, but uh, got us from A to B. It was a little bit of an interesting trip, though. Also, we uh, the driver decided the quickest way to get where we were going was the wrong way up a one-way street. And, uh, again, another thing that I probably didn't fully appreciate as a kid, but we were going down the, uh, the one-way street flat out and got to the end of it and there was a police officer there and the driver and the police officer had a little bit of a, a disagreement and uh, yelling and such back and forth at each other. And... They say that there's one thing that you can understand in every language and that's fuck you and uh, I'm pretty sure there was a few fuck yous thrown around between the driver and the um, and the the police officer there and in the end we ended up just driving past the police officer and that was the last we heard of it. So I'm not sure if he would have copped a fine or something like that from the, the couple that were standing at the end of the runway street but we got down to where we, uh, where we wanted to be in the end anyway. One of the other places we went to uh, whilst we were living in the UK, we were living in a little village sort of about 45 minutes away from Manchester and uh, we took a Christmas road trip up to Scotland. So uh, we drove the the car from uh, our place down in Nutsford all the way up to Glasgow where we picked up a Winnebago and uh, cruised on up towards the Scottish Highlands. So... Uh, as we were driving, um, it was funny actually. We were talking with our, I remember talking with our neighbours just before we left um, to head up to Glasgow. And it's about a four or five hour drive, I think it was, which is nothing for us here in Australia to drive four, three or four hours uh, to get to a destination. And they're asking us how many day, how many days we're going to take to get there. And uh, we're like, no, no, uh, we'll probably do it just in the afternoon. Um, but, yeah, we headed up to the Scottish Highlands and I think we picked the Winnebago up on two or three days before Christmas and cruised up um, towards the mountains there and we actually got the first snow just on Christmas Christmas morning there. So it was the first time myself or my little sister had ever seen snow and it just so happened to be on Christmas morning, which was pretty nice and uh, a pretty fancy Winnebago Christmas lunch we had there. I think my sister and I had baked beans on toast and my mum and dad had uh, had spam on toast or something like that for uh, for Christmas lunch, which is a little bit different to the feasts you usually get at home of roast and uh, roast vegetables and chicken and things like that. So 
was an interesting little Christmas, but it was beautiful to uh, to drive through those Scottish Highlands, uh, visiting all the old castles and um, and such, which was really nice. And along we went. All right, so that'll just about do us for episode one of the podcast. Just a nice, short, sharp, sweet one uh, to let you know who I am and uh, sort of what you can expect from the podcast moving forward. Uh, the ones in the future will probably be a little bit longer, just still trying to find my feet with the uh, the podcasting side of things and getting good quality content out. So uh, they will be a little bit longer in future. Uh, the next episode I'll introduce you to Kirsten. And, uh, you can get to know a little bit about her and her blog, The Roaming Street. Uh, and from there we'll take you uh, through some of the trips that we've done together since uh, since we've started dating. So looking forward to putting out some more content and uh, looking forward to sharing with you guys. Thanks. Bye.